What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have a recap of IPF Worlds, but not the full recap. That's going to be the next episode, which you're going to get them back-to-back anyways. This is just the storylines around IPF Worlds. So we talk about the replay system, the challenge system. We air our grievances out on that. We talk a great deal about that because a lot of people had problems with it. We were no different on Two White Lights. We talk about Article 14 potentially getting removed. Bonica Brown's actions after she bombed out on deadlifts. Uh... Get a lot of takes off on that one. Um, General Assembly meeting, raw powerlifting, being in the World Games. Oh, actually, before that, we talked about the Sheffield roster. Jam-packed episode, lots of takes, lots of opinions, lots of discussion going on. Uh, it was really good to do this because when we do IPF World Recaps, it's typically weight class to weight class, um, which we still have. But this is just always more enjoyable to do. Just for our sake, because we enjoy talking about the sport as a whole. Um, fantastic episode. Make sure you subscribe to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on both. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, subscribe to us on twowhitelights.com and check out the shop. we got some great merchandise still available to you. Go check out the socks we got, the T-shirts. we got some uh, some some coffee. I don't even know what to call them. Jesus. You just go on the shop and check out some stuff. Use those promo codes that all of our athletes have. And without further ado, here it is. Two white lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. And as promised, we are here. We got a big, big episode of Two White Lights. It's so big, we have to do two episodes. So, all right. Let's, uh... Let's start off with just the actual news stories surrounding IPF Worlds as opposed to the well, recap. Hold on, gonna... one thing. We got, we got some breaking news that honestly is probably more important than the IPF Worlds. And for our listeners, this may be one of the biggest stories we ever broke. But we have been blessed with some classified information that has been released from the vaults that I don't know if anyone knows. I now know... C.B. Leflar's exact birthday. Not not the running joke. I am saying literally the true day that he immersed from his mother. And I, I'm just going to interrupt. I didn't know it was a running joke till now. I just assumed we had no idea what his birthday was. Well, we didn't. I literally do know now. I actually know the date, and it's within the next week. Oh. So. We are going to, I have talked to CB and we are going to run a promo between June 21st to June 28th. One of the days within that span is in fact his birthday. The first person to message him on the correct day, but you, you won't know the correct day. We'll get a free left bro shirt. But right. the only way you're ever, you're going to know if you win, you won't know until later. We're going to, we're going to know after the 28th. You got to message him every day. So every day between the 21st and the 28th, you got to message him happy birthday. And the first person to message him on his actual birthday, will get a free left law brochure. 
Yeah, okay. and I, it will. On top of that, I I was Leffler Bros' first athlete, the first athlete, and I do not know his birthday, so I'm just confident no one knows his birthday. That's why, I mean, if we said it every week, there's a chance we are correct. Well, this week we would be correct. Yeah, we would literally. We would actually be correct this time, even if he didn't give us and, and divulge this top secret information, we would be correct at some point this week. But yes, within the next week, between June 21st and June 28th, one of those days is his indeed birthday. All right. He is going to be turning 34, from what I know. 34. Doesn't look a day over 33. Nope. Looks fantastic. Well, in the meantime, I mean, you got that long, it's 21st through the 28th, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, in the meantime, save some money. Save some money, go to LeFleurBros.com, use those promo codes 2WL15, Salon15, Orc15, and do that, but still, everyone likes free stuff, right? So try to message him from that day, hopefully it's his exact birthday on when, or the day you actually message him, and you get a free shirt, but on top of that, you can save some money from, you know, the deadlift socks, in which I love, the cop tees, the shorts, the, the sad boy shorts, I, you, everyone has a pair, right? By now, I think everyone has a pair. I've been seeing a lot of people in them. This is fantastic. They're just fantastic. Are they? Are they? You have them now. Are they as good as I hyped them up to be? Oh yeah, no, I had them. I had them a long time ago. They're fantastic. Okay. They're they're, they're yeah. They, they're they awesome. are legitimately the best shorts. They're I don't great. know if there's any, there's still some left on the website because I mean I had people I had people reach out to me that got them that said yeah that they legitimately are like this isn't some like marketing scheme uh, where you slap on a logo and a pair of four dollar mesh shorts like it's actually the best shorts. You're yeah, get. like good yeah good shorts. Like and also I'm a guy like okay I can wear pretty much any shorts and I can acknowledge that those shorts are awesome. The comparable to Dead North shorts. I love Dead North shorts. I know there's like a douchey powerlifting thing for a while. I think Garrett Fear like made it popular and then unpopular like at a point. Not him. Somewhere in powerlifting it happened. But yeah, get those shorts. Go to leftlarbros.com. Um, and remember that promo from the 21st to the 28th message, CB, happy birthday. Hopefully you got him on his actual birthday. All right. Now, for what people have been wanting to hear is the recap of IPF Worlds. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a recap of all the weight classes, the classic Two White Lights recap episode, our next episode. So you're really going to get these back-to-back. But the great thing about IPF Worlds is it gave us a ton of storylines. Yes. And you know what? I know I've been complaining about this. I know fans have been complaining about this. Refereeing and the jury system. One, you can be a pessimist and be like, you know what? The refereeing in the sport sucks. There's a problem with how they challenge lifts. This jury system is stupid. But the optimist, which I'm going to be the optimist in this one, which is a very rare thing, I get something to talk about. We get something to talk about because... Of all the opinions I had of IPF Worlds, it was officiating. Is powerlifting turning into a real sport? I think it actually is, because this is what real sports fans do. They get really angry at the referees and the jury system, especially when it's stupid and when it needs to be changed. And in this case, I think it's stupid and needs to be changed. Yeah, I don't... I just wonder, do they just, like, not trust the referees to the point of they're going to go over every single two white light lift and try to change nearly every single damn one? Like, you must just not trust people on the platform. Why are they there? What's the point? They should have stayed home. I don't understand why they were even there. Yeah. Like... It was either we got the worst 
crop of judges in the history of powerlifting because it seemed like so many calls were overturned in any other sport that'll be a problem. Uh, Angel Hernandez, if you guys are baseball fans, three playoff or three calls in a playoff game got overturned based on the challenge, and everyone was like, Angel Hernandez, which, by the way, if you know the referee or umpire by name, it's usually a bad thing. It's never a good thing if you know the guy by name. That means they're screwing up. They're not, it's never because they're doing something good. They're like, Angel Hernandez must be bad at his job because he got three calls overturned and there was calls he made on the field. Well, is this the case with IPF Worlds because the replay system is essentially saying that what they're doing on the platform is wrong most of the time? Yeah, you mentioned that to me. That's a good point. Like, it literally, th that jury system literally made their rest look bad if they were getting that many missed calls. But the fact of the matter is, is they weren't. Like, the jury system, it, it was just a, I mean, it was just a mess. I, I don't know how, this just goes back to, like, Gaston and those in charge of the IPF, like, seemingly being so distant from actual sports. Like, we have seen replay now for years, a decade plus, in professional sports implemented. There is not a single high-level professional sport that when they implemented jury systems started with, we're going to review every single call ever, basically. It, was, it started out as minimalistic as possible, and then as they saw the application, they made very minor changes to the like in, increased usage of it. Like, let's use the NFL. Like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Angelo, it started, and still to this day, with some slight changes, it started with two challenge flags. That was, like, yeah. from the get-go, each coach got two challenge flags. If they got both of them right, they got a third one. Then no, no, no. It if, went... It's, if you just, they didn't get a third one. If you just get them right, you regain that challenge, so you don't you lose it. So, like, a timeout, you lose you, your timeout forever. But, but you had to get both of them right. If you got one wrong, you didn't get the third. No, no, no. So you can get all your – if you challenge it four times in a game, if you get all four of those challenges right, you keep all your challenges. You just never lose that okay. challenge flag. That's how I think it should work in well, powerlifting. If you don't lose well, them – it, Then it increased to that they did, what, last two minutes of the quarter? Last two minutes because you're not allowed place. to challenge. Last two minutes of the yeah. half because you're not allowed to challenge, and then every touchdown is reviewed. Yes. But those were the last two minutes, and the touchdowns were implemented afterwards. Mm -hmm. That was that was a that was a progression of the model, versus the IPF just decided every two white light lift. Which you know what, we're, we're complaining, but thank you IPF. It was literally just five days of two white light ad reads to us. Yeah, um, but which the commentators every, still won't every, say. Every they say two to one now, and not two white lights. They used to say two white lights, now they say two to one. <laughs> Uh, I've noticed this. Us, probably. They hate us. But yeah, they, well, is it, is it, is it IPF or is it a certain commentator who may not like our podcast as much changing that topic? Pot, probably a heavy mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it was the dumbest, single dumbest thing I've, I've ever seen in the sense of refereeing in any sport ever. Like that, that we have so much precedent for why not to do that. As well as the fact that, again, going back to professional sports, use the NFL, for example, there's three ways you're looking at the call. You're either, one, overturning it because there's there's distinct evidence that the call was wrong. There's two, you're approving the call because there's distinct evidence that the call was correct. Or three, you're not going to overturn the call because there's not enough evidence either way. Mm -hmm. The issue with the IPF jury system is there, there was no third one. 
the, the, there's not enough evidence. It was only the first two. They either overturned it or didn't overturn it. Like it, 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 there was no, we can't distinctly say, so we're just going to overturn it. And from, I was told, uh, that the little replay that everyone saw the like side front angle that they did the replays on, that was the only view the IPF had. That was what they were looking at. They were looking at one singular view to overturn these calls. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, exactly. And I, I, I've talked to other people and said that was a bad angle. I thought it was fine, but I'm not good at this stuff. Like, there's other people who are smarter than me it, saying that, no, you have to put the camera in a different angle in order to get a better view of it. But, the, I mean, there's so much wrong with it. One, I think the biggest thing is, was this whole jury system a problem before this IPF Worlds? And I'm a huge advocate of not fixing something that isn't broken. I don't see the problem with what the current situation was with IPF Worlds and the challenge system. If you go and challenge another lifter's lift, okay, like, the, and the jury made a decision, and if it's close, usually there's not a whole lot of protests or that many issues uh, surrounding it. Then they just overcorrected a problem that didn't exist. They, they made everything a review, and like you said, Steve, that is an ass-backwards way of doing it. You, you're not supposed to do it in that sense, especially when powerlifting is not the best spectator sport, and you might be removing a good, a, a good moment within the actual contest itself, because Delaney and Gavin, you know, they celebrate after their lift, and then... I, Ryan and uh, Ryan didn't even know, that, and the other commentator didn't know that they were overturned until it was too late really until they got the recap of the squats so one you take the moment out of there too the commentators were kind of a bit disconnected from it as well because they're calling things good lifts they think everything looks good and then the jury seemingly flipping a coin is deciding whether or not these lifts are good or bad and it's and then also i mean the biggest thing is when you go into sports and steve you said it there has to be irrefutable irrefutable visible evidence or visual evidence that the lift or the call in the field was not correct there was none of that it is so close and then what do they do in other sports they which i hate this in other sports but it's something that's necessary they slow it down so much they zoom in they look at every blade of grass they look at the chalk line in soccer they look at five different angles. They yep. stop it at baseball <laughs> on who hit the bag first. Yep. In powerlifting, they had to do it really quick because they know what happens when you slow down the sport that much. It's unwatchable, and then the other yep. lifters get cold. So they're making these decisions in like 30 seconds to a minute. Just in other like sports, you send it to New right? York. It takes them like 15 minutes. I will say... I don't mind a replay system. I, I mean, again, I'm gonna, maybe people are going to get annoyed that we're going to keep coming back to this, but I'm going to go back to most professional sports. Replay systems overall have only been beneficial for the most part when utilized correctly and in a minimalistic manner. The fact of the matter is, is I always thought the juries were in spots that were very odd. Like, I don't know how they saw the list. And then, two, as a coach, I mean, like, I'm going to use the VA Pro, for example. The VA Pro... Uh, we were trying, I was trying to protest some lists. It was so hard because the jury was on the other side of the platform. So I couldn't go back and forth while the lists were going on. And then the scoring table was way further. It was a, it was a mess. It was so hard to do. I don't think replay is the worst thing ever. No. But what they broke was the system of protests. Like 
they don't need to be intervening unless the coaches are protesting, which frankly, yes. I'm going to bring it up now because I think we're going to come back around to it too, is that at the general assembly meeting, apparently it's being proposed that in the future, you cannot protest another lifter's lift, which is asinine to me. Like, yeah. so you, you can't protest someone else's lift when it's, when it could be like, like if, if, Angela, if Joe and Matt couldn't have protested Gruden's lift at Nationals, Angela would have lost because they just couldn't protest a very obviously bad lift. The system wasn't broken. The system was actually really good, in my opinion. It's just, let's take that system, add replay to it, but don't, like, and that's just a, a, a secondary tool that the jury can use within the system as a whole. But they obviously didn't. I mean, it, it, just, it just got, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. I did propose in my story and frankly, I think it was completely fine to take the system as is and then just add in replay as a secondary mm-hmm. tool. But if they're going to do this, I think they need to backtrack and say, go to a system of like every coach gets two challenge flags. I mean, same thing pretty much every sport has. I, it, two, it seems like a kind of arbitrary number, but it's worked really well to kind of keep coaches from overusing the system. I mean, I, th- I don't know how much the, the protest rule from the General Assembly meeting is dating back to Sheffield and what happened there with kind of like the overuse of protesting other lifters. But two, prote- or two protests and then uh, all world records get a review. I think that would be a legitimate system in some manner. That's but at least simple sure- and makes sense. <laughs> it's simple and makes sense. But just like you said, Angel, like you need to have irrefutable evidence that that lift was bad. And like, if that's the only angle they had to be like, Oh no, that wasn't that. Like that, that's just crazy to me that every single two mile lift is like, Oh, that's not good. Based off a bad angle. You're over there in the corner. No one got to protest it. It's just every single one. It made it, it made it kind of depressing to watch. Like every two mile lift, you're like, Oh, don't celebrate. Don't celebrate after a two mile lift lift, ever. It was, yeah, it was day three and four was ridiculous. It was it was out of control where it was almost unbearable to watch, where if you knew if it was two white lights, you knew it was getting overturned. Like every single time. It was just every single time. Well yeah, so uh, a few things. Solano, what you said there, it it, it like it, just piggybacking off that, what I think allows this to happen at times is you put the lifter in an uncomfortable situation when you have a system like this, and you can always come back with the thing of, well, it has to be undeniable. If it's not undeniable, then how can you really complain? And lifters have a lot of pride. Competitors have a lot of pride. I know I have a lot of pride. When I see just one red light on my squat, which happened at the Arnold, I'm like, gosh, i got to fix some things. Because, you know, for some reason, it's a prideful thing getting undeniable depth on your squats. None of the other lists, but squats another thing. I think Garrett kind of started that. Like, if you if you don't squat to depth, you suck. You're just a terrible person. But the lifters, they don't want to speak out on it, especially if I was competing. I'm a fan in this situation, so I get to speak out. If I was competing, you, you know what you have to do on social media. You know what you have to do with other people. Be like, you know, I don't agree with the call, but, you know, that's why you go back in the gym and you got to practice the movements and you know how strict it is at IPF Worlds and give the canned responses and the cliche responses because you don't want to be looked at as a sore loser. You don't want to be looked at as a person who complains about the judging. What you can do, I guess, is make a three-minute video on YouTube and talk about the squat depth and, like, what it's actually or what the actual rules are and why it was overturned. But even that, or, I think, is or, too much. Or ask Instagram if you should even go out for the awards ceremony. That's something. Or that's that another too. action you yeah. can do. Yeah, I mean, yes. those, are, yeah. those are all things. But see, even in those circumstances, right, like, 
we get to talk about that, and you know, you just know as a lifter, you don't want to take a win away from someone else. You and all because we're friends with a lot of these competitors. Granted, we're competing and want to beat them, but you don't want to be like, well, the judges screwed up, the jury system's stupid, and that's the only reason why this lifter won. You just don't want to do that. So, but then when you do that. The Federation could run roughshod and continue to reinforce these stupid rules. It's just a weird position yeah. you're put in. And I think the IPF kind of knows that. Because, uh, like I said earlier, overcorrecting a problem that didn't need too much correcting. I don't mind replays. But it has to be blatantly obvious. And I, as a competitor, would feel a lot more comfortable if somebody else challenges my lift. And they get it right. Because even watching it, I'm like... Watching a Gavin squat, for example, which a lot of people had controversy with that because that almost took him out of the competition, really. I looked yeah. at it, and I'm like, that's going to get two white lights. And if Keiko challenge it or the coach challenge it or someone else challenge it, it's like, okay, it could get overturned. I can see this one getting overturned. But if no one did that, then what? The, then I would be pissed off. It's like, yes, you let the judges on – the platform, do their job. Let the people do their job who are supposed to have the best view. Are they asserting that the jury has a better view? And if they do, then take the judges off the platform. Simple as that. Yep, yeah. It almost makes it It almost makes it like the competitors aren't competing against each other. They're just competing against whatever the, the jury, jury decides is a good lifter or bad. It was, I mean, I, I can't... I, I, I would say I can't imagine anyone thinks it's a good idea, but also that there's at least two people who think Article 14 is a good idea for coaches. So it, it seems like the precedent is anytime the IPF does something really, really dumb, they don't admit they're wrong. They just dig themselves deeper into mm. it. So here's a I hot take. Like I think way more people. Here's a hot. I think way more people are in favor of the squat depth thing because IPF lifters who aren't American seem to really, really have this thing of. We love how things are overly strict, and you have to earn it. And this is why the IPF is good, because we don't follow the rule book. You have to get lower than what it says in the rule book, or you have to really lock out a deadlift even more so than it says in the rule book. And they, it's, um, it goes back to, I think, ego and pride. People do enjoy the fact that the IPF is strict, um, and... Logic kind of goes out the window when you're thinking more with ego as opposed to what's actually a lift and what isn't. I, I, I think that's the case. I think you have a better time telling people Article 14 is stupid as opposed to this replay system because they're like, yeah, let's make everything more strict because that's what the IPF is. That's how we're different from like other people. As a lifter, though, put you in this position of, like, you leave and say, what do I fix? Like, do... <laughs> What well, do I fix? Well, exactly. <laughs> what do well, I need to do? Well, but as a lifter, you're going to say that. You're going to say we got to get lower in the gym because that's how that's how we think. And it's, it's a positive thing, but – and that's how a lot of athletes are. Like if, if you really look at it, athletes don't blame the officiating that much after games. But you know that they have a problem with it. They argue on the court. They argue on the field. But then afterwards in the press conferences, they have somewhat of a, a, a just a lesser tone. Occasionally it gets heated. Occasionally you do see that, especially with baseball. I think we've been seeing that in the past five years, that they got more active. And I actually think this has caused better umpiring because they got more active as the players are speaking out and being like, 
what you guys are doing is ridiculous. You're making the game about you and nobody wants to see you. They want to see us and you guys are ruining the game by ejecting people really early or missing your calls. That aspect, I think, has made baseball somewhat of a better umpired sport or refereed sport. But I, I know for a fact that lifters, you could not have to work on anything. Your depth could be perfect. But, of course, we're going to be like, you know what? Got to get in the gym and get lower than low. And at times, like, that's if you put in the rule book, I'm okay with that. If you put in the rule book, you have to get undeniable depth. Because there's already vague stuff in the rule book enough as it is. Your depth has to be undeniable. It's like, okay, I can't really argue against that. But if you're going to give me a diagram and you're going to show me the rule book and you're going to say that two of these three judges found my lift correct and no one else had a problem with it aside from the jury, then then that's where I do have a problem. Well, speaking about dumb things that go along with this, uh, I don't think I saw a single bench depth call. I saw, I think I saw, I saw a few, a few lights on it. I yeah. thought, all right, so here's uh, the observation from the, there'd be from like the, a light, but I don't think I saw anyone miss. I mean, the, the yes. blatant one, the blatant one, and this is nothing against her, like, Agatsitko's bench was not to bench depth of whatever that, that so like, confused. but it goes back to like, you say, an IPF would be like, oh, see, we told you the, the bench depth rule isn't really going to affect anyone. Well, why, did, why do we have it then? Like, it <laughs> doesn't do there? anything. To eliminate, to eliminate the two triggering. If Eddie Berglund's lift doesn't is, is still allowed and it doesn't trigger anyone, then this is a pointless rule. And I'll go. Yeah, I I I feel like yeah, I shouldn't go because I'm already pissed off about one thing. I don't want to go and talk about bench depth to more. But one of the days, the 59 kilo lifters asses were leaving the bench. And yes. you know what oh, I? Yeah, yeah, I saw yes. that too. And you know what I think? I think they were looking at depth as opposed to the ass. I think yep. so. If you saw positioning too, like no one was like right on the side. I'm like, oh, I guess we're just going to let that go now. Even at one point, I think a lot of the commentators were like, wow, that buzzed off. <laughs> yeah, they were like positioned oh, well. at like the feet so they could see the humorous. But yeah, like, okay, so now we're, we, we, we're, we're judging and, and, and trying to keep bench depth accountable. But yeah, your butt can fly up. Like, that, yeah, I thought heads just, coming off too. I thought heads coming off. Doesn't matter. Which I'm fine with. I, I think the head rule is dumb, anyways. But let alone <laughs> agreed. I think I think it's a dumb rule. But yeah, you, there's no way from the where they were. There's no way they could see the side judge. You could see the head. Only the front referee could see the head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just just it's just a dumb rule. Everything about it's just dumb. I mean, they're not going to change it, but it's just dumb. So, uh, but yeah, I, they're probably not going to change the jury system, considering that they're now trying to implement a no protesting other lifters rule. But it's yeah. just. It, uh, and also, I would I, I want to mention because you mentioned some of the commentators, and it was alluded to earlier. But yeah, like Joe and uh, Ryan, the entire weekend, and there are two people who know the sport, and they've commentated a lot of IPF meets. Right, Sheffield, I thought was officiated beautifully. It was fine. I, I had no issues with really anything, and aside from bench step, but judges were just doing the job they had to. They know the sport, and they were. Like oh I, for sure counting that one and then they go to the jury and they overturn it and I've never seen that much like commentator disagreement or I mean I don't know if they blatantly didn't disagree but it seemed like they had made a call originally and then the jury disagreed with whatever they said and I think that is evidence of a problem. Like commentators know that's why they're there. Commentators know the sport. As yeah. well as, I mean, with with how many calls were overturned, you can't announce. 
Like you literally have to sit there and like all your emotions because with so, especially like when we're getting like the, to the 74 kilo deadlift battle, like you're announcing made or miss less. Oh, it's overturned. I got to reverse my actions. Like it was, it, yeah. it, it it's just terrible. Everything about it's terrible. It, it made it. IPF worlds was still great, but it was, it was hard to watch at times. It was very hard to watch. And yeah. it's only going to be harder. It's only going to be harder to watch now since people are going to know that this is coming. It seems like you're not allowed to even grind out a deadlift now on top of... Yeah, that was... So you got to yeah. squat to your... Your scrotum has to touch the floor. Your bench elbows have to be touching something. <laughs> and then you can't... If it's too heavy of a deadlift, it's too hard, you can lock it out. But if you don't, if you grind it, sorry. Well, here's... Look, yeah, here, The here's, amount of two white lights, like the ramping and the... It was more ramping or supporting. Yeah, That supporting. got ridiculous. Like if you saw anyone grinding out a deadlift, it was getting overturned as a no lift. Like, a grinding out a deadlift, of course the bar's on your thighs being supported in some way. Like, it's not like you're going to hold the bar away from your thighs. Like, of course it's somewhat supported on your thighs. Like, it got ridiculous to where you just couldn't grind out a deadlift. Well, an observation I had, the uh, initial days of IPF World, I was busy. I was in Illinois, so I couldn't watch all of it. But I thought the judging was a little bit lenient on the first two days. And I think the classic IPF thing is overcompensating and making it unnecessarily strict the rest of time out. Like, because I think they're victims of what they see on social media. I mean, we know they are, right? Bench depth is because they, people are calling powerlifting a joke because they saw six or seven people have a super big arch and little range of motion on their bench. And Gaston's like, well, this is everything. This is public opinion on powerlifting. So I think... And I've heard this before, that they do actually, if they see negative comments about either the officiating or judging, they overcompensate, make it more strict for the following days, and then they see the negative comments, and then they wind it back too much. If you're an official, make your call. That is, own your call, make your call, and just, you can't think about other people's comments. Uh, It's... It's uh, it's a, this is something the sport and I and we're harping on this because the sport does not need it. The sport is in the the growing stage of being watchable and you know meet, reaching a mass audience. So if we're gonna start making rules that's possibly hurt, hurting the viewability of the sport, we we have to we have to strike it down when we see it rising. You're talking about viewability too. Part of why in a lot of other sports the, the challenge system works is not only one, is it implemented correctly, but two, the entirety of it stops and everyone gets to view the challenge occurring versus this was I'm just watching the meet and then like 20 seconds later, Ryan is like, oh, yep, last call got overturned. And you're like, there, there's no, there's, there was no like buildup of that or like review of that. It's just like, I don't know. It, it just it was very unwatchable. But yeah, I don't know how much more I can harp on just the fact that yeah. it's just dumb. Well, it was, it was, it was watchable was, enough, right? The live stream views were very good. It was just like, but public opinion is that there's a problem with it. Like I didn't find it, I didn't find it to be unwatchable. But every single two white lights lift, which makes it kind of entertaining in a bad way, I'm like, wait a minute, Delaney, stop dancing. Because that's a, <laughs> that's a two white light lift. Kim, uh, stop screaming. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I seriously said that while I was watching Delaney. I'm like, is it two white light lifts? Watch it, because I would just like, if you're another competitor, then you challenge it. But 
when I saw it happen that frequently, I'm like, okay, definitely. When I saw Gavin, I'm like, definitely stop. Especially what happened to Sheffield. I'm like, you definitely have to stop right now because, I mean, I was almost a victim to it too. I celebrated like a psychopath at Nationals and fucking did a goddamn front flip and almost gave myself a concussion. Possibly did. What if that got overturned? I would have looked like a horse's ass. So, I... And I mean... If you want to celebrate a two-way light lift, you should, actually. But in this circumstance, when all of them are getting overturned, you have to hold off on that. But I think, yeah, wrap it up there. Hopefully we don't see that. Sheffield, because I think there's just a much more cleaned-up meet, and that's the next big meet I think we're going to watch. I don't see this being a problem for Sheffield. I just don't. Um, but... Hopefully the IPF doesn't uh, hear that and it's like we got to prove Angela wrong and ruin, <laughs> ruin. I think a superior meet at this point, and uh, maybe we'll get to that soon. But speaking of Sheffield, Steve, you have a lifter qualified. Hey. Yes, sir. But I'm, I'm still bittersweet. I, I really, I really could have had to. Oscar yeah. had that deadlift. He just he just didn't set his. If you go look, he didn't set his grip the same way. Like his thumb was not even like wrapped around. He had that. He hundred percent had the strength for that. So I was like, uh, he'll get it next year. I, I have zero doubt next year he'll probably do it in a second. But that was that was tough because I really wanted to see him get that too. But yeah, yeah. Well, Ali qualified. Yeah, and the, the caveat of that is you're kind of a USAPL coach. Yeah, we'll see if I get to uh, what I'm doing. I'm going. Um, I'm 100% going to be there, and we're, we might get some updates soon. So here's the initial update I got for Article 14, because it was supposedly supposed to be talked about, and it did not get talked about in the General Assembly meeting. I was told, though, it got talked about between the Executive Committee later, and the, the main reason it's getting talked about, and this is something we've already discussed, is that accord, based on EU law, European Union, there's legality issues of like keeping people away from being able to make a living accordingly. And they're somewhat worried about that. And apparently at first I, I heard that the discussions were going well, and then it kind of turned and I'm not going to say all the things cause I, I, it's coming through multiple people and I don't want to say things that may not have been said, but either way, it sounds like the two people that typically are for article 14 are still for article 14 and it's not changing at least for now. But I was told that there's still some some talks. I don't know what that could entail. I heard some rumors. I don't want to put out those rumors because I don't know how true they are. But we'll see. It's to be continued. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's to be continued is still ridiculous. Yep. But I don't know. I'll probably get suspended again in some way. I have no idea. It's just so ridiculous. And again, I mean, I've told I'm very open about this. I'm I'm not going to favor like. Two lifters, like I have Natalie and Waskar, and I've told them from the get-go, I'm not going to favor them. Like I'm not going to stop going to the Arnold and Raw Nationals and USAP. I'm not going to stop. I've got 20 other people. Never going to, never going to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. So as long as it exists, I'm going to keep getting suspended. Or if there's changes or resets or anything like that, I'm just going to keep getting. I'm not going to stop. And I don't think. Uh, I mean, frankly, this is a pretty bold. I don't think it's a bold statement. But if if anyone's favoring a singular lifter and ditching all their other lifters just because of Article 14, I'm not, I think that's wrong. I, that's terrible. And But with that being said, it's kind of a U.S. issue. I can't understand that to an extent. I don't know how much of this, this is an issue in other in other countries because they don't have the same system we have. Because yeah. even even back when we had just USAPL and the IPF, it was still an issue because, like, we have so many federations here. And I have people competing, USPA, WRPF, other things too. Like, it's just always been an issue, and it will continue to be an issue here. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just not going to stop. But, yeah, we'll see on that. I'll be there either way. Either I'll be coaching or I'll be in the stands with the whiteboard. With the whiteboard, so. yeah. Well, yeah, so so that's that's where we're at right now. Um, you can coach in the stands with a whiteboard. You can be there. You can attend press conferences. But yes. you just can't be back there and coach your athletes. It It's just if, – if you don't – I mean, that alone – should show you how ridiculous it is and just remove the thing. It's just a ridiculous, dumb, made-up rule, and now there's loopholes around it. And as opposed to, like, and the loopholes are so stupid. Like, if you're, Gassan, I mean, like I said, make a list of all the things that is a reason why powerlifting is not the in the Olympics. Everything. Everything under the sun. Lifters being messy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Powerlifting not being spelled right on a banner. That's yes. possibly... I'm, I I don't think that's one of them, though. But, it's, it's probably not, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's one of them because it was on the platform. Maybe people don't take it seriously because coaches in any other sport, you don't see this, are in the crowd as fans holding up whiteboards <laughs> on what number they should like. They are literally like, like they're like WWF in 1998 when you saw the sea of signs. Like, But that's Matt, just Matt Gary. That, that guy's not, he's a fan of other people, but he's an actual just guy like, do this. Actually do this. You don't see that in other sports where it's like, hmm, should I throw a change up right now? Let's see what guy in section 204 has to say. Oh, he's saying curveball. Maybe I should do that because he's suspended, but he's coaching within the stands. Maybe that could be a reason why powerlifting's on the Olympics. Throw that on the list. Yeah. If it, <laughs> I just wonder, it's not, it's like, not, it's, it's, Flat it's up. not like Mike Krzyzewski was the U.S. Olympics basketball coach, but also coached in a non-WADA-based competition in collegiate basketball. Like, he, 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 somehow he was able to do both. I don't know how, because according to the IPF, that is that is, that is extremely uh, against the rules. But yes. other sports, fine. Yeah. Slada, what are you going to say? It just seems like they don't want people to want to join the IPF. I'm like, you'll have more people join it. <laughs> Isn't that a good thing? No, well, it's, not, it's bad. I like, mean, if we're if we're talking about this little competition of global superiority between the USAPL and IPF, Article 14 being removed would essentially be a a, a huge blow to the USAPL because then it's like coaches can freely do whatever they want. And they don't have to That's make these decisions. That's frankly how we should. Some, I, someone needs to let Gaston know that that positioning of it, because to him, he's thinking a different way. If you let him know, the best way to do a kill shot to the USAPL is to remove Article 14 for coaches. I think their grudge would then sway their opinion that they just want to screw the USAPL. Someone needs to let them know that. Mm. Well, definitely that Robert Keller. Should, 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 should their opinion. <laughs> if, if you want, I mean, Robert, if you just tell that to Robert Keller, he would, I think, do it. Just I, I I or at least be a good because uh, it seems I yeah, mean so someone based on what we got like this, other interviews we've done yeah if someone can relate to Robert or Gaston and let them know that we have very solid uh, not data yeah I guess uh, evidence evidence you can think of the word evidence yeah, I can't even work. we know from all the people Stay if Article fourteen for coaches removed it's gonna help you a lot. And you're going to get a lot of people that shift over all of a sudden. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that are staying for simply that reason. Yeah. yeah. And 
yeah, it just you get members in Powerlifting America, and they can dual have a membership in USAPL. It works. It actually does work, and now they're actually trying to separate the two. Granted, the split then becomes kind of ridiculous, but it's it's a it's a possibility there to help your federation out. But yeah, excellent point, Solana. Of um, is 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 you are you just trying to get people not to be an IPF or make it more exclusive? It's like uh, last time I checked the. Uh, the competition between the two, they can say it's not real, but it's most definitely real. It's, it's still going on. But is that is all? Is that so, all with Article Fourteen stuff? Or yeah, other than like I said, I think I might have some updates in the next week or two because I heard yeah. this is a this is a discussion currently happening still that there could be some new updates of what might happen and. Like I said, somehow allow me to maybe coach at Sheffield. I don't know. I would love to. I'm going to be there either way. I'm going there with the intent to be able to coach, and I'd, I'd love to be able to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go wherever my athletes want me to, and if the Federation allows me to, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that, Steve. But uh, yeah. also – And best lifter. Yeah, we'll get to that on the, the actual recap show. Uh, American Hero, too. I'm just going to put that on new American Hero. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to say there. Well, we can speak of Natalie. We can get to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what I was going to say <laughs> probably wasn't important anyways. Not, not as important as this. Yeah. Uh, I think probably if, if people said we're going to talk about Bonica, they think we're probably going to lead with her actions on the podium. But for me, it started prior. I don't think people know this, this clip. And I could not believe that this was said in the post-meet press conference as a question to Natalie. Let me pull this up real quick. Let me make sure I get it right. i got to play it on my phone and do it. This, this was just the lead-off of the utter disrespect and actions yeah. of Shamanica Frown <laughs> on the weekend. And uh, I no longer care in any way, shape, or form uh, of showing respect on this podcast uh, with her actions this weekend that were just disgusting. But this this is a lead-off for me. Let's Let's go to this one. Right, bubbly here from one champion to another. So my question is, um, why, like, being on that podium, that is your moment. That is your time to shine. And I was actually looking forward to you with your eyes, like, crying out, singing the anthem. And so me, I'm like, why didn't you sing the anthem? Why didn't you just tear up? That is when you get to show I am the champion. I am the one. And I worked my butt off to get onto this podium. Where was the emotions? Well, if I... Where was the emotions? The yeah, MC yeah. literally told Natalie before she was up there, don't cry, because Natalie's already crying. Don't cry yet. Wait for it. Are you kidding me? Why? So she says that to Natalie, but then when it's her time on the podium, she's going to be on her phone messaging on it or posting on Instagram, do I even have to be here? Oh, all right. Are Disgusting. you kidding me? All right. Disgusting. Okay. That is trash. I have zero respect. All right. Zero. And I had very little to begin with. It's completely gone. It's a lot of I have to stop like, laughing. I didn't realize it was a rule that you have to sing and cry during your win. Like, where is it written? Oh, oh, because I've done it before. Like, did you just want to talk about your past, not not present, your past world championship wins? Like, did you, was that the point? Talk about yourself? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. That valid point from you as well. Because... I mean, to me, all right, so initially, when Steve messaged me this, I'm like, okay, this is um, just kind of a a misguided press 
conference question. And Natalie did a very good job because if it was like Greg Popovich or someone like that, they would have just looked at the person asking the question and being like, are, are, is that an actual question? Okay. Like, because it was just sometimes at press conferences, you get those. You get those questions being like, okay, you have to come up with a question right now. That's all you could think of. Some questions are good. Some questions are bad. That one I would qualify as a bad question. Natalie did a really good job of answering it where other people might have been a total smartass about it. But the aging of that question is arguably the worst aged thing right now in powerlifting, like aside from a person taking trend at 19. Because they... <laughs> it couldn't have turned out worse. <laughs> it's like, you didn't show emotion, you were in singing, and then like, she is literally on her phone during the medal ceremony when it's for other people and showing respect for your fellow competitors, but just being on your phone and in utter disrespect to, like, kind of your country too, right? You're like, you're wearing the jumpsuit, you're wearing all the stuff, but then also your competitors and the people who are just lifting, and on top of that, the person you asked a question to on why they didn't show more emotion when they won. When the person was crying. Natalie was crying after the deadlift. Like, she was showing a lot of emotion. She always shows a lot of emotion. That's, that's some, Natalie is not stoned-faced when she wins. She is very gracious as a winner. So that question at first, I'm like, okay, dumb question, stupid question. Not a speaking point on Two White Lights. You might get a joke here or two, Steve and me, because we like doing that. But then when the competition rolls around, she bombs out on deadlifts and then shows a I think a disregard to just or a blatant disrespect to traditions and customs. Then it gets talked about in two white lights. Like, how are you gonna stand there, embarrass your country, and post on your story? Uh, do I even need to be at the awards ceremony? Is that a role? Like, <laughs> it, what are you doing? It, you would know. You've been there for like eight years. You would know. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah, Why are you asking us? Been competing at I, competing at IPF Worlds. <laughs> since, like, you're, like, 18 or something. Like, the most <laughs> decorated IPF world champion, I think, there of the weekend. Like, wait, do I have to be here for this? It's like, well, uh, how about the other times where, like, you beat the competitors? Did you take a note on what they did? Because you should probably be used to this at this point. Oh, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was chef's kiss, question, action, couldn't have drawn it up any better. Some jokes yeah, write themselves. I feel like this is, a, like this is another check mark for every situation where we've had issues where someone has come after us on two two white lights. They pretty much just kind of buried themselves for us. Like I don't think we've ever had a situation where like it's continued on to the point where we just look like we're the disrespectful bad guys. Like we, we tend to we tend to have these disagreements with people that tend to just bury themselves. Well, yeah, that was me. That was me. Like going into it, I'm like, okay, where at what point are we being just mean and? not friendly to certain people and then it they go and do stuff like this and, and then we us doing nothing turn out to be correct in, in some way shape or form but that was uh that was a moment right there because as soon as i saw that because i think uh uh, how about, I, uh, I, I think I think it was a it was, I think it was a gate situation on Nick a uh, uh, Nick Manders gate because he originally posted I think on close friends then Sean Jin hijacked it 
and posted on his story. No, 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 Nick did it first because I was messaging Nick. Yep. Nick sent me the video because I was debating posting it, but then Monica posted it on her, that, that story about the, uh, should, do I even need to be at the reward ceremony? And that's when he's like, nope, that's going public. And then even better, he takes a picture with her at the banquet. That, yeah. yeah, that's a favorite. Yeah, Nick. Nick had a, Nick had a lot of W's over the weekend, but um, just on and off the platform, just a lot of wins there from uh, Nick Manders, the Wild Man. But uh, yeah, I well, I just remember Jin posting it too, and that's where I thought, okay, it's public now. And then I saw Nick being like, "You even cropped my name out of it." Like he's like, "You cropped my name out of it. You obviously weren't there. You got it from me." And then yeah, it kind of spread a little bit from. You know, lifter to lifter, some prominent lifters were posting it. But, um, yeah, I, if I could have a hot take, I I wouldn't have a, that big of a problem with either. I'd probably be like, yeah, it was disrespectful just to be on your phone during award ceremony. We all know why she did it. Very upset with the call. I mean, it was a jury system, too, that I, I think they got that call wrong. I think they're screwed her over again. Um, but that's your time to be. That's your moment. That is your time to be gracious. And show sportsmanship I, in front of everyone. That is your time. You had to be gracious as a winner and a loser. And some, she did the so exact I opposite. Had, like, I had two things there. Is One, I do agree. I think she had the full right to be upset about that call. Like, I do not think, especially that first deadlift, I think should have been all right. I think she had full right to be upset about that. But the time on the podium... And the award ceremony isn't about the IPF. That's about your fellow competitors. You can be mad at the IPF later, and you can and you can voice that, and I think she has full right to, but that time was to show respect to her competitors, which, frankly, I don't think you can you can argue fully that she would have beat Brittany Schlater. Brittany Schlater went off. I don't know yeah. if she could have beat her even if she hits that deadlift and she doesn't have jury issues. Brittany won. Like, very fair and square, even if Bonica, I think, hits her list. And then second, someone else pointed this out, is how good Pana looked. Pana looks with how gracious he was with the bomb out now at Euros. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pond is a class act. Right? Like, this is the argument I have with people. When you have a person, say like Taylor Atwood, or Ash Sheffield, and more people are, say, like, celebrating his loss as opposed to his victory, it's like, well, look how the lifter acts leading into it. If they're arrogant, if they're brash, if they are making guarantees or anything like that. It could even it, it could not even be disrespectful. It could just be overconfidence. People tend to remember that more. Bana has always been a very gracious person, a very humble person. So when he wins, it's great. And But when he loses, it's not, hey, let's have a veal day on this guy. I mean, if uh, Bonica, Bonica, Spanica, Fraunica. Join me. Join the dark side. <laughs> Fraunica. Well, I, I practice actually, I, it's in my brain now because I had to practice really hard after the 47 story messages I received after mispronouncing her name like twice on an episode. Um, and that was the first time she told me how to pronounce her name, mind you, uh, was on the 47 story post rant. I practiced. It actually got better when I was doing it correctly for a very long time. But yeah, um, if... Like if there's a if you act a certain way, people don't hyper analyze what you do, and if you act a certain way, people are going to hyper analyze on on stuff that you do, and they're going to root against you. That's just what's going to happen. That's the nature of the beast. 
100%. Nope. No one was making fun of Laya last year for missing weight. Possibly just, like, questions and uh, maybe it's not a good idea to cut to 63, but it was a very respectful way because, by all accounts, she's cool. She conducts herself well on social media. But if you don't start conducting yourself well on the platform and off the platform, people are going to have rather unfavorable opinions on you. I think that's what we're seeing here with my pan. In this case, I think I'm the good cop. I'll still get blamed for it, but I'm. I think I'm. I'm the good cop and all, and, and at least your 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 two's uh, critiques. Well, I'll get blamed for it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Solana said it. Solana said it. Solana really did say it. Yeah. Solana did say I it. Did, I really said it. So <laughs> if I see one DM, I'm just gonna immediately block. I'm not. I'm not reading it. Yeah. Same. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm very done. <laughs> yeah. So. Well. But. More, more positive. Want to talk about the Sheffield roster? Yes. Okay, so I've got I've got some things I want to clarify, too. I don't have good answers yet, but we, we kind of already knew Evie and Jesus were in. The the only thing that was a stipulation, which is some people were like, why are they even announcing them as being invited now? They did have to compete at IPF Worlds to solidify that automatic invite. So since they competed in some manner, they're automatically going back to Sheffield. Then from the women's side, automatic qualifiers are Tiffany, Natalie, Carola, Leah, Carlina, Amanda, and Brittany. And then the the third round invite, which is the top second place person within the 95%, goes to Sunita, which is super cool. I, I, I love that. Rematch with Sunita and Brittany is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was a very close third pull from Sunita. And we'll, we'll get to the 84 and a half. That was, that's the best 84 and a half session ever in the history of powerlifting, ever. Which is going to go any better next year when Alexis Jones is there. Yeah, we'll say that. That leaves, from what I've got here, I think those are all confirmed. That leaves three wild cards, and so we can kind of come back around here in a second to the possible wild cards here. But we got three wild cards on the men's side. Confirmed is Jesus, Panna, Delaney, Keiko, Anatoly, Gustav. Well, I should say okay. Let me say here. So Panna, Delaney, Keiko, and Anatoly are confirmed along with Jesus. And the big question has been why was Carl and Tony not announced? Um, I did ask, and, and uh, I think we're going to find out in a week or so, but I think the one thing I want to clear up that I, I did get a little confirmation on, uh, that is the, the rumor going around, is, well, they weren't SBD athletes, and it looks sketchy. Uh, from what I understand, that's not the case. There's other things, and it's not it's it's more on the lifters in, and I, I'm not really sure what that what that's entailing. But, like, Anatoly's not an SBD athlete either. And he was announced. So we'll get more information on that with Tony and Carl. But they, they did in since qualify. They just haven't been invited. And I need to figure out why. From there, what I understand, they haven't received official invites. But Gustav should be the top second place person for the third round invites. And then the fourth round invites, which is the regional, on the women's side, as far as I know, no one regionally qualified. So therefore, there were no regional ones there uh, that get those regional spots. Um, we'll have Tim Monogatti, Coyota, and then we have a third one likely, but we still kind of up in the air on that one too. So I want to announce that. So possibly one to four wild cards, depending on the situations here. For the so what I've got here, I mean, you guys can add some more if you want. I, I figure for women's, I think Jad is probably got to be pretty solidly in a wild card spot. I mean, they did kind of 
already promote that matchup going into Worlds. I mean, there's only two matchups they promoted going into Worlds for Sheffield. They promoted Jad and Natalie, and they promoted Gavin and Keiko. I think that kind of says something. So I figure Jad. And then you've got Jessica, Noemi, I think Meg Scanlon, Agata, Jess, and then uh, Bonica. Uh, I think are the ones that I looked at as likely if you're trying to put matchups together with, and also looking at like who hit the, uh, who has hit it before. Um, uh, we'll see on there. And on the men's side, Brian Lee, Taylor, uh, uh, Ina, Nick Manders, Emil, Gavin, and I'll be, uh, I hope Waskar gets a shot. He didn't hit that 95% and there's no other 59. So I, I, I can understand maybe if that's not like a, a big matchup that they're going to be able to promote, but I really hope Waskar should be in there. Obviously the champion and I, he could hit it. I know he can hit it. So I hope he gets it, but we'll, we'll have to kind of see there. And obviously that's future discussions. Once we get like the actual invites confirmed, you know, the exact amount of wild cards to get a, get a better idea of how many invites and who's likely going to be invited. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, the well, question I have for both of you, do you think it's going to be more controversial this year? If we get some wildcard spots? I say no, just because last year we were wondering if people who didn't compete at Worlds prior, like that year prior, were going to be there. And this year I think just people who compete at Worlds this year mostly be the wildcards. Yeah, this one should just be simple because they made it what I consider a good change that you had to compete at Worlds this year. Yeah. Um, that, that pretty much fixes that situation. So I think that helps a lot. So I think hopefully as well, they should probably be announcing those, I would think, sooner rather than later because there's there's just less of a pool to kind of pick from and everything. So um, we'll see on that. As well as, I'm going to say this, uh, I have no idea what this was entailing, but I saw someone sent me this the snippet of it. Joey Flex, in one of the interviews on Powerlifting America's post-comp, started going into how the Sheffield scoring will be different this year. I don't know. I mean, now Joey says a lot of things. I don't know how much she actually knows there, but I wonder what that meant. I wonder if, I don't know. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what it means either. Um, yeah, we're just going to, I mean, whenever, it's just, you have to wait for the SPD page to announce those things, and they do a good job of that. Like, as far as, our, as, far as Sheffield goes, they've done everything pretty perfectly, in my opinion, like, even with the wildcard selections, because I think the marketing, even if, like, just getting us to talk about who the wild card should and shouldn't be is good because it builds anticipation. And then I think they they pretty much got the wild cards good last year. So it's thought about. It's it's reasonable. Um, I think it, yeah. I I also agree. I don't think it'll be as controversial just because we we don't have to go through. Well, did you compete at IPF Worlds this year? When was your last IPF meet? Kind of with the whole Rondell, Ray Williams situation that we're talking about last year. This year, I think, is a little bit more clear-cut. Um, it's just like, when I think about the 74s, for example, it's like, we uh, would you would you rather have Tim or Taylor? Well, Go. Tim should get in there already. Well, Tim no. should get in based yeah. on a regional thing, but then it's like, who would you re- I mean, who's gonna? Who would you put more money on to break a record? Tim or Taylor? Well, they definitely probably Taylor if he's healthy. Exactly. I mean, so that's, he has the upside, and that, that's going to be we, the we stuff that gets us talking. Yeah, it, it was very obvious last year. We talked about it for Sheffield. They did prioritize people that could break the world record, like truly would can be competitive. I mean, that, that was what they prioritized, which should be. I mean, that was one of the like Gavin was kind of a, seemingly an odd one to a lot of people, but then once you looked at it, you realized like he legit, like, he ended up finishing what fourth, I think. Yeah, he, he had our, one of the better performances there. Yeah, um, Ina, Ina's another one of I'm thinking of. It's like 
Delaney Delaney's a guy who I don't know what record he can take, but Ina could walk away with more money because I think he could walk away with a, a, a definite record because uh, he has the record, and I think that that's now his possible second attempt. So, so it's it's just like okay, Ina could break records, Nick can break records. So it's it's just a it's a you know we're gonna get into the interesting thing of just who we should add. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit more legitimate this year. I think it's going to be some controversy still, but it's going to be more legitimate controversy as opposed to, you know, everyone talking about, we want to see Ray and Jesus and me just being like, I don't think you guys actually do. And I don't think you should just let a person in who has not competed IPF meet in a very, very long time. We don't have any of that this year, which is good. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see how that kind of plays out and everything. Obviously, I'm very interested, and we'll maybe talk about it a little more. But uh, yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be very fun. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I think we'll talk about other big meets. Talking about the general assembly meeting. I mean, I don't think this. I feel like people kind of act like the, like this was somewhat breaking news. I mean, this is the first time it's been like officially announced, but we've kind of been hearing about this for a while. But World Games is now going to include raw lifting. I mm-hmm. think it was what. And so, one, if if you're not familiar with the World Games. It's like this. It's the tier below the Olympics, and like what is like the next step to get in the Olympics happens every four years. It's only been equipped, and it goes off of they combine two weight classes and goes off a coefficient score. So forty-eight and fifty-two is a combo. Fifty-seven, sixty, sixty-three is a combo. Sixty-nine, seventy-six is a combo. Eighty-four, eighty-four plus is a combo. So which is kind of funny. I'm sure people are going to go crazy about this. And I, I mentioned, on, uh, I think I mentioned on my story, like how many people who probably crapped on coefficient score meets are now going to be all excited. And this is a coefficient score meet now, albeit it is a coefficient score meet with classes that are closer together, but yeah, there's going to be four spots for, I, I don't know how I understand the full breakdown. Is it four total spots? And it's going to be, instead of eight total, it's going to be four raw and four equipped. So only four people would qualify total for each one, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, and I mean, only reason why I'm excited, or I mean, there's multiple reasons, but the biggest reason, uh, rather is we get more to watch in powerlifting. We got more things to look forward to. And with the IPF side now and the powerlifting America side now, because, um, I, if we can just eliminate this bias thing that we have towards the USAPL, the USAPL, when we look at it, it's like, okay, can they give us more of a, a better product of just all year round having something to look forward to? Pro qualifiers, uh, professional organization of powerlifting. Well, I think with the World Games going to IPF and the IPF having Worlds, Sheffield, World Games, and then your national meets, the pendulum is definitely switching there, at least for me. Because you have yeah. more things to compete for, more things to look forward to, and they're all big, and they are all important, and they're all something that lifters can strive for. Where for me, for a long time, and we've had this conversation, I think we're going to continue to have this conversation, especially when we see more lifters move over from the USAPL to IPF and Powerlifting America, is for me... I really do value a volume of important competitions where if I go to the IPF side, I'm possibly only competing in powerlifting America nationals and that's it. No Arnold, no cool regional primetime meets. It's just nationals. And if I don't get into worlds, well, that's it. That's my year. 
Well, now it looks like they're trying to have better meets, more important meets on the IPF side that isn't just Worlds or Sheffield. You have World Games, and I think the right people are making the decisions on they know what's good to grow an organization or grow more participation from higher level lifters. I think you might start getting a more professional structure on the other side as opposed to an international structure. What I value is professional, professional structure on the IPF side. I, I, I think the pendulum is starting to turn that way or swing that way. Pendulums don't turn. Yeah. It is a little bit. I mean, I think it's a really cool addition. That plus Sheffield is great. But that's still, I mean, Sheffield and World Games, like if you say, oh, I want to go IPF and go to the world, go to Worlds. That's that's tough in its own right. Yeah. We joked about how that, you just. You start, everyone says now that. Now you say. Yeah, everyone's say, telling me that. Wanna, like, wanna, oh, wanna, yeah, it was that easy. Oh, I want to switch and go to Sheffield and I want to go to World Games. That's even us. That means you are the 16 the most elite level lifters in the entire world. Yeah. So while I agree, frankly, again, we talked about this, like having USAPL and Powerlifting America isn't the, both of them isn't the worst thing. Like if no. they just drop the coaching thing, it's not the worst thing. We can, we can do what we want because frankly, Powerlifting America is a gateway to go to World which is a gateway to go to Sheffield, the World Games, and we're going to get the elite people to be able to do that. And then the USAPL, I mean, Powerlifting America, just frankly, they, I mean, for so many reasons and things I've, I've, I've experienced lately too, they, they can't handle all the lifters from USAPL. Like, we can't all go over there. Mm. They, we can't. It just won't happen. It's not, it, they, they can't do it. Yeah. USAPL is great. They house the majority of almost everyone. Uh, the pro series even can still be a great thing, even if some of the elite level lifters leave, because you know what? There's still money great to lifters. be made and some really great <laughs> lifters to still be there. Uh, I mean, we're, we're seeing that on the women's side. Just because most of the best women are in the IPF doesn't mean the pro series for the women can't be exciting and fun. We still got some great lifters still left in the USAPL. And you know what? O- opens the door for people who don't have the ability to go to Worlds uh, or the World Games or Sheffield to have that ability. Like, like there's a lot of people who are going to be able to place and go to the pro series finals that have no ability to go to Worlds right now. If they go to Powerlifting America, they're not. They're just not going to win. Yeah. Like, I mean, that. <laughs> Solana, you'd be a great example. Like you're an amazing lifter, but if you went to Powerlifting America, you're probably you you'd be 69 kilo. Yep, you'd be getting. I mean, I mean, you're not horribly far off from what Megan is, but frankly, right now, Megan would be the representative. Megan's 63. 63. Sorry, you sorry, got sorry. Chelsea. 69. Chelsea. Chelsea. Second time. Yes. We totally forgot about Chelsea on the show. So, <laughs> yes. Sorry, it's not Chelsea. Good. <laughs> I mean, you're getting close to that, but you're kind of who I'm talking about. Where right now, with Chelsea just totaled five thirty, you totaled mm-hmm. five oh five. So four ninety two point five. Four ninety two point five. Why did I think? Yes. Oh, five oh five dots. Five oh eight dots. Five oh yeah. eight dots. You're just wrong. <laughs> just, we, we, get we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. Salon is a great. Salon is a great lifter. is the perfect example of yeah. where USAPL fits perfect as she builds up and then eventually gets to the point where she can go over and compete for a world team spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But if she tried to compete for a world team spot right now, she'd have one meet a year, and she gets to do that, and she's done. Yeah, and it would suck. It gotta be sad. Yeah, exactly. Because then, like, then you have to do Powerlifting America local meets, and it's just it's a different local meet. Like USAPL local yes. meets are great because you know Carolina Primetime is technically a local meet, and we're gonna have these regionals coming up here, and all those are all gonna be great. And it's actually a thing because people are talking about it in the negative of the USAPL and Powerlifting America and the split. Um, I. I and I think I'm like, I think the growth in the sport has been better since it actually happened because we're just seeing so much good things happening. And we have we can't keep now we're having a hard time keeping up with the content and powerlifting on two white lights. 
We have recaps after recaps, previews after previews, and it's because there's more important things happening. More elite level lifters are are one being um, ha- are, are having a spotlight, but we're seeing more elite level lifters because they're getting better and they're sticking around in the sport for that reason. So yeah, like this can be good, but I mean, but then a lifter like me, because I think people were talking about Sheffield, I'm like. If I'm being totally honest, if I'm going to go to IPF, it's I have way more of an interest to compete at IPF Worlds and the World Games. Sheffield is obviously a motivator in some regards, but I'm like, I look at Sheffield, I look at IPF Worlds and the World Games, I think for me, I don't know if it is for everyone, I've competed in Sheffield-like events. I've competed with those guys. I know what it's like to lift with them. I haven't competed against Durance. I haven't competed against Nick. I haven't competed against Ina. I haven't had that Olympic-type feel in an international level. IPF Worlds, to me, is and World Games, to me, is more of a pulling factor to go the other side as opposed to Sheffield. But isn't that great that you get, like, seven different ways of staying in one federation as opposed to the other? I think we're in a good positive. Steve, you're on mute. I think we're... What are you about to say? Well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say we talked about this. And Sheffield's amazing, but I, I we've kind of mentioned this. I do wonder if, if there's gonna be a point some lifters get bored of it because it's set up to where people, new people, are gonna win every year, and the best, truly, like the best lifter isn't gonna win. Like it, that's where the World Games is really cool. It's like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like that's just the elite of the elite. That's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no kind of scoring that kind of can preference like less competitive weight classes. And so, yeah, I, that's, that's one thing I wonder about Sheffield. I hope it doesn't happen and maybe they evolve the scoring and we'll see kind of how it evolves over time. Maybe, uh, but it, it's something where I wonder that the world games is a really cool thing. And that kind of goes with what Angela said is like, if you went to Sheffield right now, it, it wouldn't be something you'd probably be highly competitive at. Like, it, well, I mean, I could be if just like, it's like, I could be, but that's not even a thing that because, I mean, I think it's different strokes for different folks, especially in this sport, but it's like, for me, it's simply just looking at the roster. And I'm not being arrogant in saying this. I'm just saying that I've, I've done it at Nationals before, where I've competed and lifted alongside these guys at certain times in my powerlifting career. To me, it's all about people I didn't get to compete against in a very high level and an international stage. Like Sheffield, there's a lot of American lifters. So I'm like, okay, there's not, like, I've, like, Okay, you get to go and compete against Delaney. Like, of course, I love against competing against Delaney, but I've already done it twice, and I and I compete against Russ yearly, and I compete against Noriega yearly, and I don't think I'm competing against Jesus. Are you competing against Juwan? Uh, I check that for me. I don't know. We'll okay. see. We'll, we'll check on that. We'll see. I've been waiting for a long time. You been waiting for a really long time to be competing as Jawan. Maybe it'll happen this year. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I guess that'll be another guy I never competed against. Um, and I think I might have to go to another federation if I want to do that, and that's not going to happen. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's cool and all, but Jesus isn't a guy that I was like, oh, yeah, I, I should be facing him. I, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> being direct competition with Jesus because it's weird. You could like, stand and deadlift it with him. Almost. Almost. I have my biceps to think that it didn't, or I have uh, my biceps thank the lucky stars that that didn't happen because I think something terrible, terrible would have happened to me. <laughs> I think Petrie was a much better choice. Uh, just 
physically. Um, but yeah, like that's. But but the thing is, like if Sheffield gets stale or boring or something, you have something to fall back on. You always have IPF Worlds, which you, it, nothing's set in stone. Lifters get better. Lifters are moving up the rankings. Yet Taylor Atwood lose this year. I don't think anybody think thought that would happen within if, if it wasn't per competing against him. I don't think anybody saw that happening. So you're getting parity in the sport, and you're not getting dominated by one meet a year. If if Sheffield is like okay, it's 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 awesome meet. They're giving out a lot of money. That's cool and all, but the World Games is cool. IPF Worlds is cool, if and you have USAPL Nationals, that's the best national meet in the world, then a powerlifting nationals gets better, then that could turn into something that people get to look forward to. So the more meets, the more important meets, the better. The more spotlight you have on your really good lifters, the better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited with the trends of powerlifting right now. And with that announcement, having raw lifting included in World Games makes me doubly more excited. Yes. Have you ever lost a World Games? Uh, last year I did. I saw Alex Maher, one of my favorite lifters ever, compete, and that was badass. That just the most badass pull. Oh god, that was so cool. I just can't wait to see Ron there. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to see you know, uh, like a Russ Orhi or potentially like on that stage. Right, like, but he he doesn't he doesn't like coefficients for me. So oh, he doesn't. You're do right. Uh, my bad. This is true. He probably is going to be bodybuilding by that time. I think he'll finally do it. I think he'll be uh, transitioning to doing his first bodybuilding competition. Feel like that's coming soon. Um, but yeah, it'll be great to see those type of lifters just on a world's game stage, and yeah, I I think you you see a lot of. Different things in the sports, some growth there. Hopefully this year at World Games they put a powerlifter, not a Olympic weightlifter, and have it say powerlifting. That was that was a problem. <laughs> Just confuse confuse my coworkers more. That's what that shirt wore it was. Confuse your family members more with this shirt from the World Games. Cause everyone confuses Olympic lifting with powerlifting. Yep. Is that it for this episode, or we got some other? I got, I got one, I got one last little thing I want to rant about, and I think we're good. All right, cool. Traveling. All right, huh? Traveling. Traveling. I, we, we've talked about it and joked about it on this podcast, but overall, I've kept it tame because guess what? I haven't had lifters that have traveled, so therefore, I cannot say from firsthand experience, outside of the fact that I've traveled and I understand kind of the intricacies of travel. It's overrated. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. What not being able to travel means, means that lifter is not prepared correctly. Regard Whether it's it's how they're preparing nutritionally, how they're preparing travel-wise, how they're preparing with their training and the predictability of it. Um, frankly, it was a complete non-factor. Absolutely zero non-factor. Because Natalie and Waskar, every little detail was left unturned. Everything was planned out. It was super easy. Yeah, they had a jet lag for a day or two. They're completely fine. Great. Completely overrated. Sick and tired of it. If I see travel again, I'm just going to put something, something, travel, travel on every post I see. Well, it's, it's completely overrated. It's, Any, anyone who's listening and has to hear about that from other people, what that means is you are doubting the person is going to prepare correctly. That's what it means. 
Just say that. Yeah. Don't well, say travel anymore. Say, I don't know if this person is going to come in prepared correctly. Well, all right. So, yeah, cause I'm, I'm glad you bought this up because I got into a lot of arguments this week about travel and how overrated it is. And, I, I mean, I'll give you my reasons. But also, I just want to mention, Steve, you mentioned something funny is that you have a lifter now who's traveled. There are two lifters who traveled. They perform beautifully. Um, so uh, you're speaking out of experience. I was speaking out of experience, too, but people just didn't listen because I, the federation I was competing at sucked. And they're just like, yeah, but that federation. I'm like, I still traveled. I'm telling you how I felt on the day. I felt fine. <laughs> like, I didn't feel any effects from the travel, but it was still like, yeah, but it was AWPC. I'm like, I have no idea how that's still a relevant argument in what I was trying to get across. Like, my body was fine. My energy was fine in spite of me traveling. So uh, so you bought up Natalie. There was a person, high-profile high person that belongs to a certain um, equipment company, having debate on her, I believe, a year and a half ago on doubting whether or not she can handle a world travel. Um, I think he proved that no, she no. totally can. No, that was a certain podcast, so it's not equipment company. Oh, no, no, no. It, for Personally. Oh, okay. Personally, okay, it was me that had this debate. And I said, I think she would be fine, and I think if you prepare well, you'll be fine. And I think she proved that, so argument, win, Angelo. Two, I just want to bring out the scenario. What would you rather do? Work a 10-hour day. And even a high labor job, but even a desk job that requires you to use a lot of mental energy and just physical energy as well. Go hit a big SBD session or hit any one of this sort. Squat, bench, or deadlift at an RP eight and a half to nine. Or would you rather go across seas, get there three days in advance, focus on nothing aside from your lifting? And go and compete. What would you rather do? What would be easier for you guys? I'm going to travel. Steve? Yeah, I think that, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Given the t If I had to work, and every powerlifter pretty much has to work a 9-to-5 job, where they're expending a lot of physical energy, or mental energy, or both... And then they have to go lift right afterwards, hit a very difficult thing where no one else in the world is probably doing. If you're elite, you're probably the only one at the moment doing the, the top set that you're doing, the back down sets that you're doing, and the accessories that you're doing. You're a person who's able to handle that because you're exceptional. I think sitting eight hours on a plane, getting used to a different time zone, eating other people's food, for three days, but for those three days, I only get to focus on my lifting is a lot easier. Speaking yeah. from the experience. I, the only time I've really, I feel like I brought it up, maybe I brought it up more, I'm a hypocrite, but I'll still stick by this. I do still think that like fairly heavy lifters, it is a bit tougher because of nutritional demands. They have to eat so much that it is a bit tougher. Now they can prepare, but it is a bit tougher. I mean, most of the middle to lightweight class though, I mean, I don't think that's difficult to be able to pack enough nutritionally on a plane to be able to travel and not have an issue. Anytime, anytime where I get to take a break three days and get to focus only on my lifting is a break. Like nationals this year is going to be tough for me. I'm going to have to go from work, get on a plane, go to nationals, get about a day and a half 
compete and then get back before Monday. That's going to be tough. That's hard. But if I if I say get you know a week off of school, a week off of work, and I'm able to do this, it's a lot easier. That I only solely get to focus on the lifting that's taking place. And yeah, that's that's how I see every world competition is you get a good amount of days to catch up on your sleep, get your routine down, and go and lift. One thing I will listen to, which I think people are poorly articulating in this argument, it's just harder to compete at IPF Worlds because of the judging, because of the pressure. I think that part is more difficult than, say, traveling for nationals. That makes sense to me. But the using the travel the aspect... Is, is just when they pick so dumb. When they pick borderline third world countries, that is also something. But yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's everyone yes. in totality is dealing with that. Not can yes. this person travel? Everyone in totality has to deal with the fact that you're going to a place that is simply not very comfortable in comparison to what you're used to. Yeah, uh, but that's everyone dealing with it. Everyone's under the same circumstances. Yeah, for for sure. And all, and also, I, I was having this com- like <laughs> this argument. It was it was quite the long drawn out argument as well. Saying that travel is a big factor in this sport makes our sport look really, really easy. And other athletes are like, you have to travel like twice a year to do the sport that you do, and you're calling that difficult, and you're saying that's a mental strain or a big factor in your performance. And your performance that you're doing is lifting weights. It just makes us look bad whenever we bring it up. Someone needs to go look at the Formula One schedule and look what they do for a second. Look at every schedule in professional sports. But every schedule. I'm using <laughs> Formula One though because I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Like no, it's, it's crazy. It's it's all over the place. Formula One goes everywhere, and they're switching every week or two. And these guys are going and driving like. The demands of a Formula One car are significantly higher than powerlifting, and they're going out there and doing this. Yeah, it's all it's all right. They're doing okay. Well, now, exactly. I, I'm like, probably, if you guys they probably have luxury jets and like chefs and everything, but either way, put it on the list. This is why the sport is. This is why powerlifting is in the Olympics because lifters complain too much about travel, yeah. or lifters talk about travel too much as being a factor. But also just the the precedent that it establishes because it was a debate about Perk and Atwood. Um, I won't tell you who I was having this debate with, but it was between Perk and Atwood, and it was like, well, Perk never did it on a world stage. His performance wasn't on a world stage. I'm like, yeah, I just don't think he'll drop 40 kilos off his total just traveling to Malta. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think he can do what he needs to do to win. Might there be a drop with strict judging? Yes, but I don't think the travel is going to have a big factor on Perk's performance, but also establishes this weird precedent. Imagine if we were like, Tiger Woods' performance at Augusta was amazing. But he didn't do it in Scotland. So how good is that performance really? He didn't get on a plane and go across the Atlantic Ocean to compete to compete in Europe. If any athlete in professional sports said, well, I had to go across seas, so that's why it was tough, they would be they ripped would apart in the media. Roasted. Ripped apart in the media. They'd be like, oh, you're getting paid to... Oh, okay. Uh, you're getting paid to travel and, and compete in the sport that you're getting uh, paid to do on top of that. So, same thing in this regard. We have, we have to stop talking about travel being this big factor. Next time we do an IPF Worlds preview, it is we have the 
it was it the pure the Eric Helms pyramid of hypertrophy and, and strength. Yeah. That one is the least important. The top. The, the very tippy top. <laughs> you can tell I've been reading that book, by the way. It's at the tippy top. <laughs> uh, on the same as on the same as tempo. Tempo and time under go. tension. Yeah, nice. That's where you put it. But any closing thoughts on travel? No, that's it. That's Ranked it. over, done. All right, sweet. I'm glad you mentioned that because I did get into a lot of debates over travel during this week, and it it infuriated me a lot on the other preview episodes and whenever we talked about powerlifting. And I think it infuriated me because people just wouldn't listen to my opinion because I competed at AWPC. I did. I, I think I felt just a little bit offended by that. Like I traveled to England, and they're like, "That doesn't count, loser!" And they like knocked my fucking protein shake out of my hand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All the IPF bullies like just knocking my lunch tray over. I, I traveled to Canada. Huh? I said I traveled to Canada by IPF. Well, there you go. Still won. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's yeah. It's it's, it's difficult, but. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We got the actual recap coming very shortly. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.